Welcome to Money Mile. I am your host, Justin Waller, and I am happy you are here. We like to think of Money Mile as standing at the corner of triathlon and personal finance. We believe that age group triathletes are the lifeblood of our sport, and we want to shine the light on some good people doing great things. We have a very special guest on Money Mile. Today, we are joined by Allison Trusillo, physician, triathlete, and mom of a five-year-old daughter. She's been doing triathlons for about four years, and in her first year of training, she finished her first 70.3 distance triathlon. This year, she finished fourth in her age group at Texas 70.3, improving her finish time by five minutes from her finish time last year. We are going to talk today about Allison's journey in triathlon. We're gonna learn about how she got started and how she's committed herself to success in the sport. We are going to learn what Allison thinks is the most underrated aspect of triathlon, a recent turning point in her athletic career, and what she thinks has been the biggest waste of time and energy in her time in the sport. Be sure to listen to the end because Allison is going to share with us about her greatest accomplishment and what that means for her. This is one of our special interview episodes, so it will be longer than a normal episode, there will be a brief intermission slash form check opportunity in the middle-ish as well, so look forward to that. If you are receiving the Money for the Long Run newsletter, we have the show notes and links in your email inbox. But if you are not getting the newsletter, well, I guess you get to go look up the show notes when you get back to a computer. Hey, while you're there, sign up for the newsletter and save yourself a few steps next time. Otherwise, the links are going to be in the show notes so you can check into that stuff when you are back at your computer. But for now, drop your shoulder blades into your back pockets, pick your eyes up, make sure you have a nice forward lean from the ankles, and listen up to this conversation with the one, the only, Allison Trusillo. Allison, welcome to Money Mile. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm really excited. We've had an opportunity to chat here for just a couple of minutes, but for the benefit of our community here, could you share with us a little bit about how you got started with triathlon? Yeah, sure. So actually, it was fairly late in life or late in my life right now. I was uh, pregnant with my first child and my husband and I go to a gym and we noticed they were going to be having um, an indoor triathlon. And it was something that just sounded really interesting, very mild, something we could try and so we signed up and we did it. So it was fun. You know, you swam laps in the pool and you ran upstairs and hopped on one of the, the stages cycles and then got on the treadmill and ran. And yeah, I was a little careful because I was pregnant, but we finished it and it was just such a blast. And also throughout my pregnancy, I had been doing a lot of spin classes because I was a high risk pregnancy. In those classes, I met a lot of people on the triathlon team um, at my gym. And so after experiencing the, the first indoor triathlon and then meeting all of these really great, fun, kind people, they had encouraged uh, both my husband and I to, to join their triathlon team and try an actual um, outdoor one. So we decided we were going to sign up for a local sprint race as well as a local Olympic race. And really, the, the rest is history. We did as many triathlons as we could that year that were in Austin or the surrounding areas. And we finished off the year with um, Ironman 70.3 Waco. So it was our first half Ironman. And after that, I mean, it's just continued on and on. So I think I've been doing it now for about four years. Started right <laughs> at the beginning of COVID and then that kind of stopped races. But now we're we're back in full swing. Fantastic. So your first full year of doing triathlon, you did at half Ironman. Yes, worked up to that. Yes, started in April and then finished off in October with a half Ironman. That's great. I have found over time that success means different things to different people. And I'm kind of curious, Allison, at this point in your life, how are you defining success? Yeah, it's God, it's such a great question. And I feel like the answer, if you if you ask me each decade, would probably be a little bit different. But I think ultimately what I've come to find out at this point in my life that success is when you are doing something that you truly love and are passionate about. And you know that there's going to be a journey along that way. But as long as you're improving along that journey and you're taking lessons from 
the mistakes or quote unquote mistakes you've made, that's a win. And so I've envisioned that as success. And, you know, ultimately just being happy with who you are, what your purpose is, and knowing that you're constantly improving. That's success to me. Being happy with who you are, I, I think, is is one of those things that is often missed in the triathlon community because we always think, oh, I could be a little bit better here, or a little bit faster there, or, or a, a little bit leaner, or a little bit stronger. You, you could always be more. But I love that being happy with who you are is part of how you define success. Allison, that, that's fantastic. So thank you. Yeah. And, you know, something I should probably add, and this is this is actually quite personal, but Triathlon, I've been, I've struggled long ago with an eating disorder and triathlon finally getting into this and and being very comfortable with my body and accepting that I can eat healthy and exercise in a healthy way. That is so far in the past. And it's just, I'm so thankful that triathlon has brought me that type of happiness and with who I am as a person inside and out, both, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Allison, thank you for sharing that. I, I know that you are not alone in that. There are, are many other people who have also uh, have, have battled with eating disorders over time and, and having that capacity opening up in your world and, and being able to look back and, and celebrate where you are, recognizing where you've come from. That's really fantastic. So thank you for sharing that. As I mentioned before, we like to think of Money Mile as standing at the intersection of triathlon and personal finance. So what would you consider to be the best investment in the form of time, energy, or money that, that you've made in your athletic career? Yeah, so that's that um, absolutely would be hiring a coach, joining a team, signing up for a race, and then just every day dedicating a certain amount of time for training. Got a lot going on in my life. And uh, it's almost every hour of the day is allocated to something. So, you know, I, I make sure I put a certain amount of time each day on training. But yeah, by far, it's kind of that. I, I guess it's the trifecta, hiring coach, joining a team, and then dedication to, to training time. So in our in our previous conversation, you mentioned a little bit about hiring a coach as well. And I'd like to dig in on, a little, on that a little bit more later, if that's okay with you. So it, it seems like that's a big part of it, uh, but also building the community around you and being diligent about your own schedule and, and dedicating your own time uh, a, a little bit each day and making sure that you're doing what needs to be done, uh, kind of pulling all those things together is what's made it really work well for you. Is it, did, am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, absolutely. It's that, you know, it's the investment in yourself. You can only give so much to work, to all the other things you have going on in life, but sometimes you have to dedicate that time to yourself and you invest in yourself. And that's what makes you grow as a person. What is it that you would consider to be the most underrated aspect of triathlons? I will tell you by far, I think it's the community and the support that surrounds it. I, I, you know, did sports here and there, nothing serious growing up. And it was very competitive. Everything was very, you know, an individual sport as is triathlon. But when I joined this community and joined a team and started doing races, it's hard to explain. Everyone is just, so encouraging. They want, they're excited for you to do the race and that they just, you know, really embrace you and welcome you, um, especially when you're new, because we all share the same love and passion for these three sports, swim, bike, and run. And, and, uh, you know, really, truly, they want you to finish the race. They want you to succeed. So it's just such a positive and welcoming community. And, you know, and we're, we're really here for each other. You know, you can lean on each other when you're struggling with training, you may have a bad race and your teammates are there and your coach is there to help cheer you on and be there for you at the finish line. So that is something that was just so eye-opening to me when I joined the sport. And I think you don't really fully appreciate it until you do it. I would agree with that as well. I, I think that's a common fear for a lot of people who are considering triathlon as a sport is they don't know what it's all about. They, you know, it's, it's complex. There's these three sports and all this other complexity stuff that goes on with it. And they don't really know how to, how to go about it. But if you have an opportunity to join a team or a club or a, a coaching organization or something like that, that will connect you with other people. I have the vast majority of triathletes I've met have been very upbeat, outgoing, giving people that are happy to help and happy to support others. It's kind of like once you're in the tribe, you're in the tribe and and there's a, there are a lot of resources out there, especially as you pointed out, to help the new folks uh, getting into it and, and kind of figuring things out. So I, I would absolutely agree with that as well. I think the community is huge. 
Yeah. And, you know, just to add on to that, I mean, I remember when we first started, I think it's, it can be really overwhelming because it's almost like a whole new language you're learning. You've got to learn like the language of swim, the language of cycling and and running and the statistics that are involved with everything. And then like, what is transition and what do you, I mean, you know, what gear do you, it's just, it's so, yeah, that was another thing. People are so willing to take time to teach you. Yeah, uh, it is almost like a foreign language for sure. <laughs> so uh, it, as, as we look at this, there's so many, you know, we reflect back on this having having done it a few years and think, oh, yeah, you know, way back when, uh, when, you, when you didn't know all this stuff, it, it's hard, kind of hard to conceptualize all of the stuff that you didn't know then. But now as you look at it, you're like, oh, you learn a little bit every time and every race, you'll learn a little bit more. And then the training and coaching experiences, you learn a little bit more each time and you put yourself in a much better position uh, to do better tomorrow. And that's just kind of the, in my mind, I think it's that kind of gradual progression, always getting a little bit better and helping other people understand you don't have to go from sitting on the couch to running an Ironman overnight. It's a progression and being able to understand a little bit more every day and getting a little bit better. That's the goal of it all. And at least in my mind, Allison, you had a great race at Texas 70.3 this year. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience there and, and what led you to finishing fourth in your age group? Yeah. So, so this was the second time I had done the race and it was extra special because my husband did it with me, but I had been, you know, training with my coach, Natasha. I mean, I've been training with her for gosh, almost two and a half years, but so, you know, training, um, you know, we have very regimented routines that we, you know, do every week and different phases of training. But I think ultimately what, you know, what came down to it was that I wanted to go into this race and just have fun, take the pressure off. I had an injury working well, leading up to that where I had injured my leg. And so it affected my run. Run is my strongest. And so I was a little bummed about that, but I kind of just, you know, went in with the attitude, let's just have fun with this race and know that my teammates are out there with me. So yeah, I just like, like I said, I think it was just my attitude really. And swim, you know, during the swim, you know, swimming in the ocean for me is a little, is, is a little bit of a struggle. It's, you know, it can be intimidating and, uh, Although the, the salt water makes you more buoyant. So that's that's a little fun. But I always struggle a little bit with the swim, but I actually had a decent time in the swim. And then this time when I transitioned onto the bike, I never pushed it according to my coach. And since I was just gonna have fun with this one and I didn't care about how legs, how tired my legs were gonna be, I really pushed hard in Galveston. And it's kind of a straight out and straight back race. So it, it can get quite boring, but I just had fun kind of singing songs to myself and and um, really trying to push as much power as possible. And I will say when I did get off the bike, my legs were a little uh, more tired than usual. But I just, you know, um, knew that the run, um, I'd done the run before. It's three loops. It's very windy. But there's so much support along those loops. Um, and so that's, you know, one of the reasons the run is my favorite part, too, is that you get so many people cheering you on and you can see so many other people running. And so I just kept trying to pass the person in front of me and the person in front of me. And uh, it turned out to be a really good run for me. And yeah, and uh, my coach was kind of telling me where I was as I was doing the run loops like what place I was in. And it's always a struggle for me because I know coming out of swim, I'm always behind because other people are faster swimmers than me. But then um, made some time up on the bike and then on the run, I you know pushed as hard as I could. I had a great pace and um, I knew the three people um, ahead of me were, there was you know quite a gap. So I was just pushing as hard as I could and, and was really happy finishing fourth because the year before I placed ninth. So I definitely had made some improvement over that year. That is a huge improvement, Allison. Kudos to you. That's fantastic. And if I understood that correctly, it, it sounds like you really just threw it out there on the bike and pushed yourself as hard as you could. And then you were able to rely on that strength on the run to bring it home. Did I understand that right? You really kind of pushed yourself on the bike and that's what, what brought it together? Yes, absolutely. That's what I did. And, and you know, just to, between you and I, I think I can definitely push more on the bike. So I'm hoping for further improvement in the future. But yeah, I just was, I mean, I felt burning in my legs and I never quite get my heart rate high enough on the bike versus training indoors. Uh, training indoors, for some reason, my heart rate can skyrocket, uh, probably because it's just hotter inside. But yeah, so it was just one of those things where I, I just wanted to push and push and push and kind of same thing I do with the run, try to make sure that 
if there's someone in front of me, can I catch them and can I pass them? I felt really solid after the bike and was excited going into the run. And and the run is definitely my favorite. So it's like the best part of the race because it's the last two. (laughs) I'm glad that that worked out. And I find that interesting as I've, I've talked with a number of people recently that really found themselves elevating their game by putting it out there and saying, hey, I'm just going to push as hard as I can and see where the chips fall and not necessarily saying, oh, well, I have to limit myself based on, you know, my my recent FTP testing that I did, you know, in, in the in the wind tunnel or the the whatever they were really just able to to rise above what they thought was previously possible just by putting themselves out there. Yeah. And just to add to that too, you know, I think in past races, I've always put pressure on myself to tell, okay, can I qualify for world championship? And this one, I knew that this was a qualifying race uh, for Finland and logistically I, you know, I'm married. I have a full-time career. I have a young daughter, I just didn't think it was going to be possible to even like, nor did I want to try to make that trip and think it was going to be too stressful. So it was one of those things where it was like, you know what, why not just push it as hard as I can, because I'm not trying to qualify. So like, let's just see what happens when I give it all I got. That's great. So at this point, what has been your biggest mistake while training or racing? This is such an easy one for me. So bottom line, it's not listening to my body, meaning I'm not getting enough sleep. I'm not listening to myself when I'm feeling worn out. I still push myself and it's led to injury and it's led to me getting sick. Your immune system gets so run down. And so I, and I still make that mistake. I'm getting better. But if you ask my coach, she would probably say that's my biggest mistake too, is just not taking better care of myself because I tend to just push myself to the limits and Really what I found out, and it's kind of taken me this past year to realize it is like, I have a hard time backing off of intensity during the workouts that are given to me because I feel like I'm failing if I don't do it. But I've come to realize, and my coach has told me, it's okay to lower the intensity. It's okay to shorten a workout. It's okay to skip a workout. If you're not feeling it, you know, that's fine. It's not a failure. And so sometimes what I found myself recently doing is backing off a little, not training as hard or as much or as intensely so that when I do show up for some key workouts the next day or two or three, I'm hitting those better and I'm I'm reaching the goals that I'm supposed to. So, and I will be honest, I mean, I definitely injured myself by not stopping when I should. And like I said, the biggest thing is sleep. It really, I'm, I'm a physician. And so as a physician, I know how important sleep is to the body and it really, really wears your immune system down, you know, so uh, you, you will get sick and, you know, you will be more susceptible to things that you shouldn't get sick from. And I've definitely experienced that. Excellent. So when you're looking at it now, and I know it's easy as, as a type A person, most most triathletes are, are kind of driven individuals. Most of us aren't generally known as slacker triathlete generally don't go together. But when you're looking at that, it, it's very common for us to try to push ourselves and always try to do more and more and more. I hear what you're saying about you know, not not listening to your body and not letting your body recover. I'm kind of curious from your perspective, are there particular cues that you look for now and saying, okay, well, maybe I shouldn't push this workout as hard, or maybe I should back it down or skip a workout. Are there particular cues you're looking for? Yeah. Number one, if I wake up feeling tired, like really, really tired, if my body is hurting that for sure. And I always look at my workouts for the week on Sunday before the week starts So I kind of plan out like, okay, when do I see my key workouts? When are the intense ones going to be? And kind of try to plan appropriately. But I mean, really the cues are if I'm, I'm just kind of physically exhausted. If I wake up and I'm, you know, like, let's say incredibly sore, or I'm just, you know, I have no energy. I mean, that's, that's pretty easy, but you know, we still as triathletes and as type A's, we, we, we do push ourselves, but And, you know, you can kind of tell sometimes if you feel like you're starting to get a little sick or just, you know, feeling run down, like you just feel weak in general or like just not yourself 100%. So I pay a lot more attention to that now. And then um, I also travel quite a bit for work, Um, lots of flights, long flights and and hotels. and, And so 
that's another thing too, where I, you know, especially when I'm traveling, I really try to listen and, you know, to my body. And if I'm feeling run down from a flight or, you know, I, and, and you know, I, I communicate with my coach really well about what I can and cannot do. And so I think that's an important thing that I, I specifically have to focus on. Yeah. It's just that, you know, kind of general lack of, lack of energy, um, because you're just not going to perform. If your body is not feeling it, you're not going to perform. And then you're just going to, like I said, you're either going to get sick or injured. Well, it, it sounds like listening is part of that, but also giving yourself permission to say, oh, this is a day I should either back it down or maybe maybe I just go for a quick swim to, to loosen up after a plane flight or something like that. I don't need to do the eight mile hard run. Just giving yourself that permission to adjust course based on, on what you're hearing. Yeah. And I will say this happened last week. I'm kind of suffering from a current injury from running, but um, I was trying to do, I had a 10 mile run and I was actually doing it indoors on the treadmill. And I started to have pain probably around mile six and I had to stop. Like it's kind of got started getting worse and worse. So I would say when I say, listen to your body, like if you are experiencing any pain at all, stop. Like there's no point in finishing because that will definitely just make it worse. And you will, you know, you will get injured to the point where it's going to take a lot longer to recover. And I've been guilty of that right now. So if you act early, then it's a lot easier before you've done, you know, permanent damage. That's good insights there. Sometimes it is a whole lot easier to uh, see that in, in other people or see that in hindsight. Oh, maybe I shouldn't have done what I did. Uh, but it, it's good conversation to be thinking about this. A, I'm sorry that you're that you're currently injured and you're uh, that you're going to have to work through the through those niggles and, and kind of work through that particular issue. Uh, but then also, as we're thinking forward, you know, for the future to say, oh, okay, yes, you know, I, I want to be cognizant of that so this doesn't happen again moving forward. But yeah, so thank you for that. I, I agree. I think all those are great clues to be looking at, and and I hope you have a speedy recovery from here. Yeah, I've been, I mean, I've been doing all the right things and, you know, highly recommend, you know, I've, especially if you have any sort of a running injury, really it's just backing off. You've you got to back off for a while. Um, so this isn't my first rodeo with, with a running injury, but there's, you know, a good sports chiropractor that I see. And so, you know, they, they can do all sorts of this, you know, myofascial acoustic compression therapy and it's, it's incredible. And so, yeah, it's, but like I said, it's backing off. No, you know, no running for a while. <laughs> There's all, all sorts of stuff there. So uh, good luck with all of that. I hope you have a, a speedy recovery from here. What would you consider to be the your favorite triathlon that you've competed in? It's kind of a tie. So anything I can, any triathlon I do with my husband is fun. So that's bottom line. It's just so much fun. We could, we could finish something together. But my favorite triathlon that I've competed in is the um, Ironman 70.3 World Championship at St. George, Utah. And I was fortunate enough to qualify and do that two years in a row. And it was such an amazing experience. The first year, the weather was horrendous. And so I was the last age group to start. <laughs> and but so you're waiting, uh, you know, for two plus, I think I waited three hours, uh, you know, before I was able to get in the water. It was cold, windy. And then all of a sudden rain came and, you know, it started raining while well, I got in the water and I didn't realize this, but they were starting to pull people from the water because it was so windy, so choppy. There were, you know, big waves. So I didn't realize that. So they pulled a lot of people from my age group uh, onto boats and took them back. But I, I finished the swim somehow. And then on the bike, it was just, it was miserable because the winds were so strong. It was hailing for a little bit. But I was like, you know what? I am I'm going to do this. And uh, it's a challenging course. There are lots of climbs. And, you know, I think it was like, gosh, around mile 40 or something. You climb out of Snow Canyon and which was just this long, grueling climb. But then it was like right when I got to the top, the sun started coming out. And so I was like, yes, I did this. And and then the run, same deal. It was a lot of hills and climbs. But it was so breathtaking and just such an incredible experience to be on a, a challenging course with people that are the best and just to just kind of take it all in. I mean, it was 
It was by far, like I said, I had the opportunity to do it two years in a row. Second year weather was much better, but still freezing cold, but I just loved it. It was fantastic. Yeah. I wouldn't trade it for well. I don't know if I'd go back and do it again, but <laughs> I'm proud to say I crossed that finish line twice. Oh, that's great. Now, uh, I don't want to pick on your husband. I've never met him. Is there any chance that you could compete at St. George with your husband? He does this solely for fun. And he just, you know, he's all about just kind of enjoying it. I'm very competitive with myself. So if he qualified, absolutely, we would do it together and make a huge trip out of it, wherever it is, whether it's St. George and um, or anywhere else. But yeah, I mean, it, it would it would actually be so fun to do a world championship with my husband. Well, and it sounds like it wasn't just the the world championship component of that course. It was it was really the the Saint or a lot of that was the St. George component, just the course that you're yeah. that you're on there. Lots of factors go into all of that. Yeah, absolutely. It was beautiful. It is time for a quick form check. Money Mile is powered by Waller Financial Coaching, a full-time fiduciary financial planning firm. If you want to improve your financial form and improve your financial independence, you can get a copy of Financial Independence for Triathletes by texting Money Mile, one word, to 33777. You will also be added to the Money for the Long Run newsletter. Again, text Money Mile, one word, to 33777. Now let's check in on that running form. If you have your own form cues, please use those. If not, here are mine. Drop your shoulder blades into your back pockets. Bring your eyes up to the horizon and lean forward from the ankles for the rest of this episode of Money Mile. What part of your triathlon would you consider to be the strongest part of your race? Yeah, strongest by far is the run, which is actually interesting because I was never a runner growing up. It's not like I love, you know, I used to love running, but I just found that out of the three, it was, I'm really, I'm fairly fast for someone my age and I just enjoy it. I feel like there's nothing better than a good hard run and it's my strongest and it's definitely my favorite because it's. The last part of the race there, it's like, you know, the swim, you can drown or <laughs> the bike, you can, you know, fall off or crash, but like running you, you know, is to me, it's like everything's safe. You know, I, I feel strong going into the run. And then I like, my attitude is I'm going to push myself. I'm going to run hard and, you know, just leave it all out on the course. And like I said, it's so nice at this point, you got all of the supporters and, you know, people cheering you on. And so it's just a nice way to end the race. That's great. So has there ever been a turning point for you in regards to your training? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And that was deciding to hire a coach because like I said before, when we signed up for our first triathlons and even that first year, even doing the half Ironman, I was completely training informally on my own. I had no training plan nothing I was following. I wasn't I didn't set any goals for myself. I wasn't looking at statistics at all. I wasn't getting feedback from anyone. Like if, if what I was doing was correct, if my form was correct, I mean, when that's very important, I mean, swimming and running. Um, so, you know, absolutely, you know, and really that's kind of too, I, you know, got injured training on my own because, you know, I was literally pushing every workout as hard as I could. And I didn't realize that you were supposed to actually vary it up. Yeah, once once I qualified that first year for the world championships, um, I decided to, you know, and said to myself, look, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to invest in myself. And so I hired Natasha Vandermeer, who's the founder and CEO of NVDM Coaching. And that by far was the best decision I've made. Um, it was a total game changer in terms of my training, how I approach triathlon, how I approach races. Um, it was just, yeah, like I said, total game changer. And I've been with her for, gosh, almost two and a half years now. If we can just dig in on that a bit, you were kind of freelancing this, doing your own thing, uh, not really following the schedule, and you were able to qualify for world championships just by doing your own thing. And that's when you decided that you wanted to dig in and hire a coach uh, and do better. Did I, did I understand that right? You did. Yes, you did. And so here's how I, and so a little secret, here's how I qualified for the world championship. So I don't know if you remember. So 2019 was my first year and then we hit COVID. And so 
I got really involved in doing all of the Ironman virtual races, the virtual club races. And so literally every week they had, you know, every weekend they had different races, different distances that you could do. And throughout the week, you know, you would like kind of different challenges. And so I kept trying and trying and I was, you know, kind of right up there. And then, yeah, I ended up qualifying. You had to, I think hit number one or number two in a race. And it was a full, like they make you, they made you do a full half Ironman to qualify, but the, but you had to com- complete it in a certain amount of time. So it was a little bit different. So the rules are different. So I didn't actually qualify doing a, you know, a live race, but Hey, I took it and I held my own and I was proud of myself. Well, that's great. There were, there were a lot of folks competing at that time and trying to push themselves through a, a you know, a challenging time that we're all going through. And I think that was that athletic release was, was great for a lot of us uh, being able to go through that, but you were able to rise above in that challenging time and qualify for world championships in the, in light of all of that. So uh, that's, that is just a, a testament to your athleticism uh, and, and your dedication to the sport. That's fantastic. Well, thank you. And and I think something that I guess made me feel better and it kind of reaffirmed what I had accomplished the first year was the fact that I actually did qualify the second year in Ironman 70.3 Waco. So that half Ironman, that's what qualified me the second year. So it's kind of like confirmation of, okay, this was legit. I did it. You know, I, I, I earned it the first time. <laughs> yeah. You, you backed it up. That that was absolutely legit. Yeah. So then I, I, I am kind of curious. So if that was the progression that makes me think that, I mean, some people, you know, have, you know, thrown around the idea of, you know, this genetic advantage or, or whatever it might be, or, Oh, they're just a natural athlete, but you had to have had some athletic chops before, you know, hiring a coach to be able to qualify for world championships and, and do all of this stuff. So did you have a strong athletic background prior to finding triathlon? You know, growing up, I did gymnastics and ballet. Um, those were my, those were my sports. I played a little bit of soccer when I was very young. And then for a year or two in high school, I think, and that that's it. But staying healthy and working out was always important to me. And I think kind of with my type A personality, I love trying new things. And when I try something new, I want to be really good at it. And so the only thing I still struggle with is the swim, but like with, with cycling, I just started doing spin classes and I was like, Oh, this is fun. Let me see how, let's see how much power I can get. And, and then with running, I kind of, I mean, here and there would run in high school or college. I mean, the most I would ever run would be like a 5K. It was kind of for fun or for, you know, just to get a half hour workout in. But yeah, so I don't know, maybe it was the, you know, the, I did gymnastics for a long time. So that definitely is, is a sport <laughs> and athletics. So. Absolutely. Well, and and I I uh, just to to back that up. I I don't want to I don't want to give any of our our listeners the the wrong idea. You absolutely have earned where you're at. Kudos to you for all of the the energy and effort that you put into to what you're doing. When some people throw out that you know genetic advantage idea, there are some people that you know at least in my opinion, I think some people do have a, a genetic predisposition for greater athletic capacity but they still have to put in the work. They have to put in a tremendous amount of work to be at the top tier to qualify for world championships or anything else. For those of us on the other end of that spectrum that may not have been blessed with those genetic advantages, we still put in the work. Everybody puts in the work. I'm, I'm glad to hear that the, the work that you're putting in has, has borne fruit there and proven that uh, you are, are certainly one of the best in doing what you do. Kudos to you and, and all that hard work. I'm glad to see that it's paying off regularly and you were able to back up the the virtual world championship qualification in real life version all all that is good stuff so when training or racing with other women what are some key differences that you see as part of the the women's triathlon culture i think it goes back to the community thing but it's just it's almost at a different level with the women i mean the women in triathlon like are just so supportive of each other um really encouraging and a lot of times, and even in gymnastics, that's a female sport. Everyone was so competitive, but with triathlon, it doesn't feel like that. It feels like this just camaraderie of girls that, you know, people are passionate about triathlon. They love swimming, biking, and running. And when you're racing, you know, people are kind of, you know, cheering you on, on the course, like other females. And, 
the females that I've met in particular are so supportive, willing to teach and help you. And then they also really want you to do well. Like they want you, they want to see you cross the finish line and they're just there for you. So I, yeah, I, it's amazing. I love it. Who would you consider someone that you admire most in the sport today? In the sport, definitely my coach, Natasha, and just the community that she's built with her, with NBDM coaching. She's such a woman that's grounded in faith and family and community. And she's so committed to helping and, and you know, anyone and achieve what they want to in the sport of triathlon. And she's just a great person. She's, she's a, you know, was a professional triathlete herself. She was a professional tennis player, but just to see over the course of the two and almost two and a half years I've been with her, how much she has grown as a woman, as a coach and the community that she's built is just so inspiring. And, you know, she's, she's just a, a very strong businesswoman, which I, which I really admire, but she's also very down to earth. And I'm so, I, I feel so fortunate to be able to have her as my coach and to, that she's training me um, because she's got a lot of elite athletes that work with her and that want to work with her, but she's just, um, yeah, she's, she's just an incredible woman and, and truly so kind and so smart and intelligent. She's loved by all. Well, that's great. I, I, I am not familiar with Natasha's work in general. I'd not, uh, not heard of her before our conversation here, uh, but I'm definitely going to look into uh, NBDM coaching a little bit more. And, and actually, so Allison, if, if we're doing this correctly, the community that's listening to this should really be out on their long, steady run, listening to our, listening to the podcast and listening to our conversation here. So uh, if it's okay with you, I'll go ahead and link in the show notes, uh, some information to the NBDM coaching as well. Uh, so that way, if they want to follow up with Natasha, Tasha and learn a little bit more about what she's doing over there, uh, that they'll be able to follow up with that later and not necessarily have to worry about stopping their run to try to jot down some notes. So would that be okay with you? Absolutely. And I'm sure she would be more than happy for you to do that. Excellent. Yeah, she sounds great. I uh, look forward to having a conversation with her at some point. At this point, who motivates you to do better? So it's definitely my little daughter, Penelope. When I was pregnant with her, I started triathlon and then really started thinking about that the fact that I'm going to have this little human being and I want to be the best role model I can for her. And so um, I want to show her just like my mother showed me, I want to show her that if you put your mind to something and you set goals and you work hard, that you truly can accomplish anything. Um, so she's, she's definitely my, my little motivator. And, you know, every time I'm on, in racing, I always think about her, especially when times are tough or when I'm struggling or I just like feel like I like everything's burning. Um, it's just all for Penelope. But, you know, I, I also am a self-starter. I, I, you know, I'm I'm very driven. And so I think something I've always had is self-motivation. And that probably comes with the type A personality. Yeah, that's that's my other little motivator, though, is Penelope. That's beautiful. So mother, physician, triathlete. Uh, yeah, I, I think self-starter uh, kind of kind of fits in with all that. You, you've got a lot going on in your world and you're doing it at, at a very high level. All of that sounds great. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that uh, Penelope is part of the equation for you and helping you to be a better athlete uh, and a better person, it sounds like, looking to, to do better in, in your life in general. Uh, so Allison, at this point, what is, what is your A race for this year? Is there something that you're still looking forward to for, for this calendar year? Yeah, absolutely. I'm doing Ironman 70.3 Waco in October. It's actually, gosh, in like three, three four weeks. And I love the, this race. It's where I qualified for world championships in the past. It's just a fun course. There's going to be a huge team. Our team, we're going to have a huge team presence there. So there's a lot of athletes that I know that'll be racing. And like I said, it's just a fun race. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. So that's, I guess, my A race for this year. So you're you're dealing with a, a little bit of an injury now. Uh, and you you feel like you're going to be able to uh, get to the start line healthy at this point and, and, and put together a good race there? I think so. And if, if for some reason, I, like I said, I'm going to listen to my body. If, it, if there's any pain I have at all, you know, with running, I won't do it, but I, I think I'll be okay. Um, I'm making some good progress and I'm really listening to what everyone's telling me about, you know, exercises I should be doing and kind of, you know, I totally backed off running right now. So um, I was training really solid with the run anyway, up until last week. So I, I feel pretty confident in that. I mean, it may not be my fastest run, but I'll, I'll finish. 
and and most importantly, have fun. Excellent. Yeah, that's great. In the community here, we'll certainly be following along. We'll be wishing you the best uh, out at the Waco 70.3. Uh, I hope everything goes well for you on race day, that you're able to get there healthy and, and put together a race that, that you're proud of. I have a little bit of a question here and forgive me because there. I, last time I looked at it, I think there were like 33 different half iron distance races in, in the domestic U.S., so I thought there was a there was a Galveston and now there's a Waco. Am I am I confused there? No, you're correct. That's right. There's a Galveston, which is in April, and that's a half. And then Waco is just two hours north of Austin, and that's in October. So there are two half distances in um, Texas. There used to be Lubbock, but they don't have that race anymore. Okay, got it. Okay, so the, so they they are different races, different times of the year, yeah. all of that. For some reason, with Ironman kind of moving races around and shifting stuff and whatnot, it it, it sometimes gets a little confusing. Uh, this is a different race than than what I was thinking. So, okay. Well, thank you for helping me clarify that. You know, one of these days, I'll uh, I, I'd love to make it out there and race in Texas. I have uh, a good friend of mine that that recently moved out from California to Texas and is really enjoying it out there. So uh, maybe one of these days, I'll get out there and, and, and race with y'all. Definitely, come on down. <laughs> Has there been an investment that was a significant waste of time, energy, or money from your perspective as far as an investment in your athletic career? Yeah, absolutely. So the biggest waste of time and energy for me has been my mental investment of brain power and time on comparing myself to others. I heard recently that comparison is the thief of joy. And it's so true. I have learned that what I need to be is the best version I can be of myself. Um, I should not worry about what other people are doing. Um, I used to compare my workouts to others, my statistics, you know, how I was doing, you know, performance wise. And you just really have to take a step back and realize that everybody is different. First off, everyone's on a different journey. They've got different things going on in their personal life, their professional life. They're different ages. They have a different physiology, a different body type. They have different goals. They have different amounts of time they're able to train. So I mean, literally this would eat me up. And and I think you get, you know, you kind of get sucked in it too um, with social media or, you know, other ways that you can, you know, see other people's, you know, you know, they're working out and, and I'm so proud of them. It's just, sometimes I got so down on myself and I just get in a really negative headspace when I do that. And I spend too much, like I said, kind of time and energy on that versus just focusing on being the best version of myself that I can be. And, you know, just so I would highly recommend to anyone, you know, <laughs> is in this sport, you know, if you find yourself doing that, remember the phrase comparison is the thief of joy, because it truly does take away your happiness. You know, you're here for a purpose, you have a purpose, and it's going to be different from everyone else. And so your training is your training, your race is your race, and that's it. Have fun with it and be proud of who you are and what you've accomplished. That is fantastic, Allison. And I, I appreciate you sharing that perspective. And I and I I agree. I think comparing yourself to others is absolutely the thief of joy. Um, I, I did hear a, a, diff, a little bit different take on that. So comparing yourself to others is the thief of joy, but comparing where you're at now to your former self is uh, is an ever abundant source of joy uh, in that you can always look back and say, hey, well, you know, five years ago, looking at, at your athletic performances then and saying, hey, this is where I'm at now. Hey, great. You know, how much progress have you made? How much better are you now than you were five years ago? If you ever find yourself in a position where you're not super proud of, of where you are now in relation to five years ago it might be an opportunity for a little bit more self-reflection. Uh, but it, it gives you an opportunity to celebrate the progress that you've made. Typically, when you're when you're comparing yourself to others, it, it has the capacity to, to tear yourself down. Look for those opportunities to build yourself up and celebrate the, the progress that you've made. You know, everybody, as you said, well put, that everyone is on their own journey and now looking at, at celebrating the progress you've made, I think is, is, is a way to, to magnify that and make it better. Would you agree with that? Or do you think, do you think that's just crazy talk? Yeah, no, absolutely. I was like biting my like biting my tongue, like trying not to interrupt you. Oh, I because I hadn't heard the other part of that. I 100% agree. I mean, I think back to, you know, one year ago, three years, five years, 10 years ago. And when you think about it that way, you're really like, I've got a lot to be proud of. And so does everyone else. And so it's just, 
Yeah, I love that. I'm going to I'm going to add that on to that little saying. <laughs> there you go. I love it. Okay. Well, I'm glad I was able to, to contribute a little bit to that. So what is your favorite thing to listen to while you're training out there, out there riding and running? What What's the favorite thing you listen to, Allison? Well, this will probably indicate my age, but I'm like a total cheese ball and love my 80s and 90s music. But, you know, anything that just like, you know, just kind of pumps me up and is like has a great beat and makes me smile, something I like to sing to. And yeah, so and I've got a ton of different playlists for different types of runs that I do. So I need certain types of songs, you know, at the beginning, the middle and the end. And depending on if it's speed or if it's more of an aerobic workout. And um, but yeah, that's that's what I do. Perfect. I, I I love all that stuff. I, I I think we are we are pretty much in the same uh, same genre there. That all of the eighties nineties rock music, you know, alternative whatever, uh, good beat get get you moving. I, at one point, and maybe I'll maybe I'll revisit this idea. But at one point, I had started to pull together what I thought was the the money mile best running playlist. Uh, so I'd started something on on Spotify. I'm gonna have to revive that project at some point. Because uh, I'd, I'd love to hear like, hey, what's your favorite run song? And just kind of pull together a bunch of a bunch of cool songs that I hadn't heard of before. Uh, so I'll have to I'll have to put some more work into that. Yeah, that's awesome. I might have to lean on you for some some tips on some of your favorites uh, at some point as well. So, <laughs> all right. And what is your favorite thing to eat after a big race? Um, <laughs> it's whatever's in the food tent. Uh, it's they usually have pizza, so it's like my guilty pleasure. I'm like, yes, I'll you know have slices of pizza. And um, usually a soda, but I always do try after a race to like immediately get carbs and some protein in. So maybe there's like a protein shake in there too. Okay. Yeah. So there's some, there's some good rationale for, you know, pizza and carbohydrates and all that stuff. Uh, So you you try to try to get some of the good stuff in there as well, but uh, a slice of pizza and a soda is okay uh, after a race if need be. And and whatever's in the food tent is what you go with. That's great. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Very good. Okay. So I have to, I have to, uh, I have a confession to make to the community. So just so everybody knows, uh, I send out, you know, a, a list of, of questions in advance. We have some stuff to talk about. We know kind of where we're going here. And uh, the, the next question, I thought you had a hilarious response to. And I'm, so I was just going to read the question to everybody. It is, if you only had $100 to spend on any triathlon gear, what would you buy? So Allison, do you remember what your response was? Yeah, I do. I said, I think this number is missing a zero. because <laughs> There's almost nothing you can buy in terms of triathlon gear that's under $100. And I literally was trying to think, I'm like, okay, like what could I buy? Because all the big gear is like, you know, super expensive. Even their watch. I mean, your watches are hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And I mean, I guess you could get like some swim gear or something, you know, most of that's under under hundred dollars. But for me, I, I know for sure what it would be. It'd just be more workout clothes. I think I'd mentioned that I, well, I obviously spend a lot of time on the bike trainer. So like comfortable cycle shorts are always good. I mean, I, I tend to wear those out pretty pretty quickly. But yeah, that's like kind of all I wear too, because I I do work remotely and and um, have a lot of virtual meetings. So <laughs> I'm in workout gear quite a bit. That's great. And actually, I, I very much agree with that. I, I think so just for a little bit, uh, a little bit of additional backstory, I, I think uh, a lot of the people in the in the community that we listen to are, are kind of new to triathlon and trying to figure some more stuff out and like, hey, well, if I only had $100 to spend, what, what would be the next thing to buy? That's kind of the, the concept behind that question, kind of shed some light on what would be, you know, for a small additional investment in triathlon, what what would be what would be a good investment to make? And actually, I love the idea of comfortable biking shorts. Anytime I have the opportunity to talk with someone about, you know, you know, investing in gear or whatever it might be, if it's, uh, you know, buying the, the local tri-club gear or whatever it is, invest a little bit extra in the bike shorts because it it can be game-changing and just make the whole situation so much more comfortable versus, oh, it's miserable to ride a bike. But if you get good, comfortable biking shorts, it can absolutely be a game-changer in my world. So, Allison, it sounds like you would agree. Absolutely. Yeah. That for me too. Cause when I started cycling indoors and doing these spin classes, it was like, I didn't even never wore cycle shorts. And then like, it was such a game changer putting them on. And you know, as well as I do, when you're training for long races, I mean, you spend hours on the trainer or on the bike. And so it, it, it really makes a difference if you, if you're comfortable. Very good. And at this point, what would you like for the world to know about you and your athletic journey? I would say for me, triathlon is, if you're thinking about triathlon, it's such a welcoming community and sport or three sports in one. 
And I would encourage anyone to jump at the opportunity. But in terms of me and my journey, yeah, I would say triathlon is definitely not easy, but it's by far the the best sport athletic activity that I've I've really ever poured my heart and soul into. And like I said, I've done you know different things growing up, but this is something that means a lot to me. I've grown as a person. And I really, when I say I put my heart and soul into it, I really, really do. I make time for this sport every single day and it's wonderful. You know, my greatest accomplishment in life is my daughter for sure. And family to me is of utmost importance. And, you know, as, as I've said, I'm, I am, you know, I have a full-time career. Um, I'm very passionate about, passionate about medicine and improving patient lives so that's very important. And it's very demanding um, because of that, you know, and with a five-year-old daughter, my life is is definitely incredibly busy and exhausting. But I think throwing triathlon into that mix um, really has only made me a much stronger, more disciplined, hardworking, and goal-oriented woman. And I will say, and everyone can attest to this if they've been with me past 8 p.m., like the days are tough, very long. Um, I pass out on the couch quite a bit, but I think when you commit yourself to doing something and you set a goal to accomplish it, anything is possible. Fantastic, Allison. Thank you so much for your time, sharing your wisdom and your experience with our community here. Very much appreciate all that you have shared with us. And I, I can't think of a better way for us to, to wrap up our conversation here but, but before I let you go, is there anything else that we kind of uh, turn the uh, floor open to you? Is there anything else that you would like for us to, to know about what you've got going on in the world? Well, I would say, and this is exciting. So I feel like Ironman 70.3s are the half Ironman distance is my sweet spot, but it's on my bucket list to complete a full. So I've actually signed up along with my husband for Ironman Texas 2024 that's going to be in the woodlands. So that's going to be next April. And i um, really excited about, fingers crossed, completing that race. It's going to be a big deal because uh, every time I do a half, I tell myself there's no way I can do a full. But it's something I've just, I've got to accomplish. I've got to hear, Allison Trusillo, you are an Ironman. Thank you, Allison, for coming on the show. We appreciate your time and all of the knowledge that you shared. We will all be rooting for you at the Waco 70.3 and looking forward to hearing about how that goes for you. I hope our listeners found this as valuable as I did. And if you did, please share the podcast with your training buddies and friends. Please keep in mind that if you work out, everything else will too. And we look forward to talking with you next time on Money Mile.